Welcome to Massive Late Fee. And now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me as always is my girlfriend, Carol. How are you doing today, Carol? Hey, what's up? Not much. It is June... 15th, 1996. Yep. And I'm practicing my Spanish. You, 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 was that what that terrible sound was? Oh, or whatever. I can't. You know how people, like, you know how Spanish, in, in the Spanish language, they'll roll their R's like. Uh, yeah, and I, they don't sound like a dying walrus when uh, they do it. Well, I was going to say I can't do it. I've never been able to roll my R's. Me either, but you know, out of roll up the rim, the wind. Out of respect for you know a beautiful romance language, I'm not going to try. Wow, <laughs> what? Just so insulting to me, always, always, yeah, just al- always, always down on me. Am I? Am I? Am I too mean to you? Yeah, I'm, I'm, everyone on this show would agree. Okay, I want you guys to write in to uh, LateFee1994 at AOL.com and uh, tell Mark what what you really think Let's about how I treat him. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Trying to set me up for a fall. No, I mean, maybe they'll be like, dump the bitch, who knows? Oh my gosh. Do you really think they would be? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I'm not that mean. Who else would put up with me? Oh, I bet you there are girls out there who would love to take my spot. Oh, yeah. Who would love to listen to me try to roll my R's. Like that bitch Tracy at the mall. I hate her. Come on. What's wrong with Tracy? She tried to share her soda with you. (laughs) It's not allowed. You know, he acted like that's no big deal. I know what that is. (laughs) I... Slippery slope to slop and slop, slop, wow. slop and bodily fluids. Went X-rated or to slopping. <laughs> is that is that a new move that I'm not aware oh, of? Goodness. <laughs> oh, Time ew. for some slopping. Oh my god! God, that's gross. Yeah, well, I don't. I, I, I still contend. I don't think Tracy was. Was interested, but yeah, she did try to. She did try to to get her to share me to share soda with her. Yeah, and she, I I politely declined. She wanted to know what your mouth tastes like. <laughs> or it's not like she asked me to dip my cock into it. Oh, she was working up to it. Yeah, you think so? I think so. Well, Tracy, if you're listening, <laughs> I'm not fuck av- you. I'm not available. <laughs> And apparently Carol's spoiling for a fight. Keep your dirty bleach blonde uh, wow. soda away from my man. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I guess we won't go to the cookie stand anymore. <laughs> anyway, speaking of indecent things, uh, internet indecency law has been blocked what does that mean? It means that in a ruling promising generous free speech on the Internet, a federal appeals court panel Wednesday struck down provisions of a new law that banned use of indecent or potentially offensive material 
on the computer network. Oh, wow. So you can be as indecent and as offensive as you want to on the information superhighway now. I don't understand how they can have, like, rules about TV and rules about the radio, mm-hmm. but they don't have rules about the Internet. Well, there's no there's no regulatory agency over the Internet. So, so like, the FCC, you know, is the regulatory agency for uh, the television. I don't... They might also do radio. I'm not. I guess they do. I guess they must do radio too, because hmm. it's the Federal Communications Commission. But the internet, you would think, would fall under communications. I guess it's true. It is kind of a communications tool. It's like a research tool too. But yeah, it's it's well, it's weird though because there's so people on the radio or people on television. They that's their job. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're working and. Uh, all the television networks are private organizations and they have employees and, and all this stuff. And basically, and but the airspace belongs to the government. The Like the actual airwaves right. are the government's. Okay. So in order to use them, they're like, you know, you have to, uh, you know, you have to abide by these rules. The Internet's different, though, because no one owns it. And there's like there's no there's no private companies that are like this is what we're broadcasting kind of thing. I I disagree like in a major way. I okay. mean you've got AOL dot com right? They don't, they okay. they own their stuff. Like when people are in their chat rooms, that's that's AOL. I mean that I, I guess that could. I think that could and maybe should be monitored by AOL since they're providing that piece of the internet. Or like when you go to a certain website, the content on that website is then owned by the person that put it there, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess, but any we made a we made a, a web page. Anybody can make a web page. It's so it's like. But what if I want to put naked pictures on it, and then like a six-year-old went to it? I don't think you could be held liable for that necessarily. Well, good, but I mean, that ah, should good because you've already done it. <laughs> no, and I posted and I posted the uh, the URL all over kindergartens. <laughs> I'm just saying, I think there should be some kind of rules. It shouldn't be the wild west. I mean, I I agree there should be some kind of rules too, but I disagree that anyone owns the internet. Not the whole internet, just well, that, pieces. But they don't really own pieces. Like, even, like, the webpage that we built, right? It's like we're renting space there, kind of. And from? It, from, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Are we paying somebody? Well, no. No, we, we I, I built it, like, I used code to, to build it. And I just, I bought the, the, the name, the URL name. Mm-hmm. I bought that. So from a company that owned that name. I don't know. But it's like Tim Berners-Lee, so dude that created it basically and he just gave it away. Like he could own it. He could own the whole thing, but he doesn't. Wow. Does he already have money? I don't I don't know. Cuz like I don't know much about him. You'd think he'd want it at least a little bit. 
you a little bit think, of a piece of the pie for creating something that everybody uses. Yeah, you would think. Well, I I wouldn't say everybody uses it. I, I mean, I a lot of young people like us use it, but I wouldn't say everybody uses uh, it. I guess that's true. My grandma sure doesn't. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of... And even, you know, even people younger than your grandmother, I think, don't, uh, don't use it. But speaking of young people, a young 11-year-old uh, boy here has ranked the deadly dozen at Cedar Point. What? You you like Cedar Point. It's a 11-year-old roller coaster fan. He rides all the rides and uh, rates them. Are you going to take me to Cedar Point? Yeah, I'll take you to Cedar Point this summer. You better. Topsy-Turvy Mantis is the park's 12th coaster. Yeah, they have 12 roller coasters now. What do you think? Twelve roller coasters. The the Mantis. I haven't been on the Mantis yet. No, I know because it's the new one. And because you don't take me to Cedar Point. We'll go this summer. Jeez, I don't like roller coasters. But I do. I don't like the Deadly Dozen at Cedar Point. <laughs> What's your favorite of the ones so far? Probably the Blue Streak. Really? Yeah. I've been on the Blue Streak. Yeah. It's not that bad. So, uh, this dude ranks the Magnum XL200, opened in 1989, as the best one. Tops in the park, maybe the world. Steel tube track, trains have nylon wheels. Ride, two minutes, maximum speed, 72 miles per hour. That's it? 72 miles (laughs) per hour? That's not the best. Uh, First drop is 195 feet. At a very steep 60 degrees, followed before you catch your breath by a second hill at 157 feet. Just when you think the worst is over, you fly through three pitch dark tunnels and lose your stomach again. This coaster is on a frame that looks too fragile as you scream down toward what you're sure will be a plunge into Lake Erie. But the rocket sled ride is amazingly smooth. A freaking 12-year-old wrote this? Really? What the hell? Wow. Good for them. The Mean Streak, 1991. A slam and and thrill. The Raptor. Opened just a couple years ago, 97. You've been on that. Yeah. Sky High Kicks. Ski lift style seats overhead tube track. Uh, The Gemini. That's that's a, uh, a classic. Is that the one that's wooden? Yes, that's a wooden one. That it's, is the one. But they go, that, it's the, like, they go, it's Gemini, so it's two, you know, it's the two that go at once. It didn't close properly, the one that I had to hold myself in. Oh, no! Oh, yes. That's not fun. That was really scary. Double the fun style twin coasters that race on parallel tracks. Ride two minutes, 20 seconds, max speed, 60 miles per hour. 60 miles? What? These things don't go faster than cars? I love this coaster. The red train and the blue train take turns winning. At times, riders are close enough to reach out and touch one another across the tracks. And some do. Oh, that's not smart. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the scream meter for too fear, too fun. <laughs> that sounds like an 11-year-old. Right. Oh, my goodness. So we'll have to go to Cedar Point this summer and ride the Mantis. Yes. Does it go upside down? I bet it does. I don't give a shit. Because <laughs> I'll be watching it from the bottom. Aww. I'll probably go on it with you. I Yay. hate roller coasters so but much. But you love though. me. You that know, makes it all worthwhile. You know what else I love? What? The Rosie O'Donnell show. What? 
<laughs> According to our good friend Mike Duffy, friend of the show Mike Duffy, Rosie O'Donnell gets it right in TV talk show debut. This is uh, Captain Video Files is, is his other name, Mike Duffy's. <laughs> Rosie O'Donnell has the gift, not just for Gab either. And based on the favorable first impressions made by the Rosie O'Donnell show when it made its debut Monday, she may be the most natural daytime talk show host to enter our living rooms since Oprah Winfrey went national a decade ago. Wow. Yeah, it's high praise from Mike Duffy. I haven't actually seen Rosie O'Donnell's new talk show, but I'll bet she's talking to transvestite midget strippers. <laughs> okay. No, I'm sure she's. It's, I think it's. I think her show is more celebrity based. It's like, uh, let's talk to, let's talk to Tom Cruise. Let's talk to Thomas uh, Mapoffer or whatever his real name is. You never, you never heard that before. No. Sound disgusted. <laughs> what is this? His real name is not Thomas Cruise. It's well, Th- Thomas Mapoffer. M- M- Mapoffer or something like that. Well, what the fuck, Some Tom? <laughs> Why are you lying? I didn't. Wow. Is that the only thing he's lying about? I don't Maybe know. He's lying to himself about some things. Maybe. Yeah, that's his. Uh, that's his but I think that's what she's doing is talking to celebrities instead okay. of like you know talking to freaks like Jerry Springer. Then I have no interest because I like watching freaks. I don't really care about celebrities. <laughs> Oh, how about this? Triumph of the Nerds. The rise of accidental empires in the Silicon Valley. Nerds are my people. It's coming out tonight on CBS. No, I'm sorry, PBS. (laughs) PBS. Hmm. Uh, The worst thing about Triumph of the Nerds is that it lasts three hours. (laughs) And the nerds who should be watching it are likely unlikely to give up. That kind of computer time for a TV show. <laughs> they should. This jazzy and irreverent, irreverent look at the personal computer revolution is loads of fun. Apparently it's based on a book by Bob Cringely, Accidental Empires. So, yeah, they're talking about uh, Bill Gates and Microsoft and Steve Jobs John Scully. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I'm not super interested in this. No. I like computers, but I don't necessarily need... Like, freaking Bill Gates looks like the most boring guy in the world. I don't necessarily need to watch a movie about him. And, like, I don't care about regular celebrities, let alone geek celebrities or dork celebrities. Yeah, you really hate celebrities. Good thing I we really do the, don't. Good thing that we do this show <laughs> where we talk about celebrities. We don't talk about celebrities that much, though. We just talk about shows and movies. Yeah, and... we talk about movies and televisual programming. Yeah. I mean, every once in a while we have to talk about celebrities, but I just don't really care about them because they're just people. Yeah, every once in a while Hugh Grant uh, fucks a prostitute. Well, and then that's interesting to talk about. That falls in the category of freaks. Yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, speaking of freaks, it's time for... <laughs> An edition of Massive Love, everybody. Woohoo! My favorite. I know you like this a lot. Uh, so first up, we've got I, I've handpicked some like five uh, okay. five articles. I think it's five articles today. Tell me. First up, great smile. 
educated, attractive, never married, single white male, 36, 6'2", 190 pounds, in Toledo, travels to Detroit often, seeks intelligent, attractive woman. So, basically, this is saying to me, I have a family in Toledo. Right. But I come up to Detroit sometimes to fuck random women. Do you want to be the next one? <laughs> Does, isn't that... Doesn't that seem... Did you just say yes to that No, question? I said goodness. Oh, okay. Doesn't that seem like the direction <laughs> this is going, though? In, yes. in Toledo travels to Detroit often. Yeah, that sounds highly suspicious. Why wouldn't you just... Why wouldn't you just put an ad in your local Toledo paper? Yeah, because they already have something going yeah, in Toledo. Exactly. For the, sure. The Toledo Mudslinger, or whatever the fuck it's called. Toledo's not really Ohio, though. It's, Toledo's an honorary Michigan city. Okay. How about this one? Adventurous, affluent, self-employed, professional, blonde slash blue, seeking playful special lady, 35 to 45, to spoil and to do some traveling. And then at the end, he, there's a typo. He put no, comma, drugs. Which is almost like he was at answering a question. Uh, adventurous, affluent, self-employed. Oh, do you? Uh, you're you're self-employed. Do you uh, own your own business? No drugs. <laughs> He's a drug dealer. Right. That would make sense. Self-employed. Because most people who are self-employed are not affluent. So no, absolutely not. This one's not super interesting, I guess. But I just liked the title. And it's a city near and dear to our hearts. What is it? Waiting in Westland. Okay. Divorced, white male, 43, attractive, physically fit, 5'10", 170 pounds, well-balanced. Well-balanced? Yeah. Listen to this. <laughs> loves to work. Loves to relax. Loves to go out. Loves to stay home. Seeks a slim and medium-build female who loves music and loves to laugh for long-term relationship. I bet you he's a Libra. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, because they're the most balanced sign. Wow. He could also be a Gemini because, you know, it sounds like dual natures also, but yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Just saying. Well, if you're in Westland and you're looking for a divorced white male, who is bipolar. <laughs> there you go. There's your man. Get at it, ladies. Oh, my goodness. Uh, let's see. What's left? Um, just a couple more left. Oh, this one I thought was funny. Single black. This is in the women seeking women section. Okay. Single black female seeking single black female just for friendship. No relationship. For going out. No girlfriends. <laughs> goodness. Bye, okay. <laughs> so, like, I'll go out with you, but... I think it's just funny. She's like, she, how many how many people have answered her ad and tried to fuck her? Right. She's like, just for friendship, no relationship. For going out, no girlfriends. <laughs> but it's okay if you're bi. She doesn't care. Like, they should have a paper just for meeting friends, I think. 
Oh, like just a whole newspaper for meeting Well, friends? no, I mean like a section or whatever. Well, I guess this could kind of be that. She's trying to make it this. I know, but I mean like, because it really doesn't belong here. Well, yeah, how many straight women or bi women or whatever, even gay women, how many, but how many women are in the, you know, speaking from the heart section of the Detroit Free Press, looking at the female, seeking female section and being like, oh yeah, just a friend. That's what I was looking for. Right. You know, there's not many, there's not many women that are like looking for a friend and like, oh, I'll go to the lonely heart section of the newspaper. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, it just, it does not fit. And as we all know, if it does not fit, you must acquit. Okie dokie. Final one. That's a little Johnny Cochran there. (laughs) Final one for today. Experienced young single white male, 19. (laughs) What? Experienced 19 year old. So you had sex twice? Not just once? (laughs) He's seen a playboy. So he's experienced. (laughs) Slender, attractive, talented. Oh, okay. (laughs) You had sex with a girl who pretended to like it. (laughs) Seeks experienced single white female, 19 to 25. Slender, attractive. Let's do paradise together. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) The 11-year-old that wrote the... The reviews of the roller coasters was more eloquent right? than this guy. And I think more experienced. <laughs> he certainly screamed more while going up and down. Oh, goodness gracious. Experienced young single white male, 19. <sighs> so Carol's right. 19. Basically, all he's saying is, I had sex once. <laughs> I did it once. <laughs> I'm experienced now. That's crazy. And he wants a 19 to 25 year old so they can do paradise together. What the fuck do you think that means? I imagine that this dude has a bunch of black lights in his room. (laughs) And like one of those like light machines that like, you know, dances to the music. He's got he's got those inflatable palm trees. Right. You blow up and he'll light some incense. And um, maybe get you stoned mm-hmm. and be like, now this is paradise. And it's in his mom's basement. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sir. And it will last about a minute. Right. It won't even make it seven minutes in paradise, baby. Yeah, exactly. It'll be, it'll be less time than the Gemini. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness! But yeah, that's uh, that is massive love for this week. What did you think, Carol? Pretty good crop of massive love articles. Yeah, you did some good hunting there. I did. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've got. We, I'm, I'm, you know, we'll, we'll have more. Uh, probably next month. I don't know. We we try to do it about once a month. You know, with the uh, the massive love. Yeah, it takes a while for you know new lonely hearts to uh, cycle through. Yeah. Plus, we don't want to. I don't want to over, overload everyone. Do, try to do it every week. It's got to be special. Right. Like, uh, you know, paradise. <laughs> so tune in next month and we'll do paradise again. Goodness. But speaking of paradise, Carol, why don't you tell the people what movie we saw this week? 
Um, it was not paradise, but it was. This must be just like living in paradise. The cable. And I don't want to go home. The cable guy. That's David Lee Roth. Did you know that? No. So, with Jim Carrey. With Jim Carrey and uh, Matthew Broderick. Matthew Broderick. When he's not... uh, Killing people in his car with Jennifer Grey. He's he's making movies. So, Jim Carrey is not my favorite actor. I think we've established this. Mr. Rubberface. But he did a lot better this time. Yeah, when we were watching the movie, there were times that I was like, wow, it's, it's nice how restrained he is in this role. But then... There are other parts of the movie where he is just fucking out there. Right. A- as much as he is in any other role. But I get there's there's a difference between the oh righty then you know, the the like the big like Ace Ventura type shit that I hate mm-hmm. that both of us don't like. I, I don't think we've liked a Jim Carrey movie yet. No. Um and there's a difference between that and what he's doing in this movie. There's even, even the one part where he's doing the karaoke. Mm-hmm. He's doing the like, ah, you know, do you want somebody to love? And he's yeah. like going through it and everything. It's even though it's super out there, it's it, there's there's there. He's holding back. There's a restraint yeah. from as crazy as he could do this. Yeah. I think he's really working. Like, Ace Ventura is not a character. A- I mean, it's a sketch comedy character, the way that, like, Fire Marshal Bill was in Living Color. Okay. You know what I mean? It's But it's not a real character, Ace Ventura. And I kind of felt that way about all the movies that I've seen him in. The Mask, obviously. They're all larger than life, almost comic booky, but like I said, like they feel like it feels like a sketch comedy character that got its own movie. Okay, like the Blues Brothers or, or Wayne's World or something like that. That's what it feels like. It doesn't feel like a real person. This dude feels like a real person to me. Yeah, I mean, a very, very creepy person for sure, yeah. but real. A yeah. ment- me- a very mentally unstable person. But I feel like for the first time that he's created a real character, like yeah. an actual movie character. I agree. I agree. He he definitely uh, was a little bit more believable mm-hmm. this time. Yeah. And I liked the juxtaposition of Matthew Broderick's style of comedy, which is pretty deadpan mm-hmm. and just very restrained Mm -hmm. and Jim Carrey's comedy like at one point it's almost it's almost like he Jim Carrey is there was like a couple scenes and it doesn't really break the suspension of disbelief or anything but this I I was thinking this in the theater it's almost like in a couple scenes Jim Carrey's like like acting his fucking heart out with I mean not like he's just going nuts Mm -hmm. like really going for it and everything and Matthew Broderick's just kind of staring at him like, uh, but like you're acting like, uh, like, like we're in a movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> like he's act like it's like they're in real life and he's like, yeah, but you're acting like this is a movie and it's real life. Like that's almost like what Matthew 
Broderick's character is thinking yeah. to me during these things. There's this one time, like they pull up to, to his house, he like they hang out, he drops him off, and he's you know doing his like typical like crazy shit, and then Matthew Broderick just kind of looks at me, he's like, okay. <laughs> uh, night yeah <laughs> and it's hilarious yeah i mean that's what made it funny right was them playing off of each other mm-hmm. and the reactions they they work really well together yes. and i think that uh, i i not necessarily these two but i think jim carrey is more successful in his comedies when he's with like like i could see him in a movie with bill murray because bill murray yeah. bill murray has that same like very dry sarcastic kind of humor and i think that that works well with him that pairs well with what he's doing i could see that so i i i enjoyed that uh i i think i liked this movie much more than i thought i was going to like it it's it gets fairly ridiculous like it starts out where and i guess it's supposed to be some kind of commentary on television and how television takes control of people's lives and, and things like that, and people live just for television. Their brains, their entire personalities, yeah. Yeah. Ben Stiller directed this movie, and he has like a small cameo in it as a child star that supposedly killed his twin brother, like shot his twin brother, which is clearly like an O.J. Simpson kind of ripoff. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a trial everyone's freaking glued to and and everything, and, and it's kind of a thing in the background of this movie as it, right. as it goes on. So I it's trying to to like provide that message, I guess, or get that message across. But I didn't I didn't feel it. Like a lot, you know, the movie, I don't, the movie didn't take itself seriously enough for that message to hit for me. I don't know how you felt about it, but I, I, I knew what they were trying to say, but it didn't resonate with me because it was too silly, too, too hyper realistic. Yeah, I can, I can give you that. Like, I definitely didn't walk away with like any big message. I mean, yeah. Like you said, it's kind of obvious what they're trying to say, mm-hmm. but yeah, it fell a little bit flat. Yeah, uh, but but I still liked it. Just I liked it for for what it was. You know, it's 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 kind of at times, like I said, it's hyper realistic, and like I said, it does get kind of silly. It starts off more as where he's just like a mentally disturbed person. Mm-hmm. Like it's pretty clear early on that. You know, he's not exactly all right. He calls himself Chip Douglas, and I recognize that right away. I'm like, that's from My Three Sons, which is one of the things that they show at the beginning. And then he says his name's Jack, Jack, or, uh, uh, Tate's, uh, Larry Tate. And I'm like, yeah, I know who Larry Tate is too, uh, from Bewitched. Okay. And, like, and all, like, all these things he's saying are, are characters, and I'm like, these aren't obscure characters. I mean, I guess maybe maybe Chip uh, is one that's... Chip Douglas is one that where people... Like, My Three Sons is pretty old. Yeah, if I you didn't watch, know it. If you watch Nick at Night, you you might catch it, but I I don't know. I, I guess I can see that one flying under the radar a little bit. I didn't recognize any of them. 
Oh, I'm sorry. Again, I'm not a grandpa, so. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I, I it, Maybe he should have uh, pulled out a, a name from a show on the Dumont Network. <laughs> That was a that was a failed network of the like the nineteen forties. Uh, okay. Anyway, so it starts out like I said, where he's he's kind of it's clear that he's mentally disturbed in some way, but then it like it blossoms into like he's the fucking plot lord of this dude's life, right? Like, <laughs> he's pulling all the strings on his family and his. His girlfriend that he's trying to get back with and, and all this stuff and everyone's on his side because he gives them free cable. Yeah, that's like you wouldn't keep your job if so, you gave that many people free cable. They're in New York City, too, right? I think so. Like, doesn't HBO and, and Showtime or whatever, aren't they like, hey, how come no one's paying for our services right. in the entirety of New York? Yeah, it's pretty pretty unbelievable. Yeah, because there's police officers and judges and stuff. Like, <laughs> I, I, I expected uh, his case to be, you know, appealed to the Supreme Court or whatever, and Bill Clinton get on the phone and be like, <laughs> uh, I love that. I love that Chip Douglas. He gave me a free free cable. I get to watch all that. You know, like, <laughs> right? I mean, it, it got it got close to that ridiculous. Not quite that ridiculous, but that's the one thing that I would say, like, took me out of it a little bit. Uh, I wish they'd kind of kept it a little more. It's almost like, you know what movie it kind of reminded me of? Huh. Like a comedy version of Single White Female. Yes. Yes. That's that's good. That I thought of that, too, actually. Did you? Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, so, like, I, I if, if it had stayed on that path, Mm-hmm. I think I would have liked it more. It got a little too ridiculous towards the end. It did. And then, like, when he's, you know, like, totally getting in with his girlfriend and his family, I mean, that made it so much worse. Like, it should have stayed in spheres of influence that he would have actually had. Right, exactly. Just, like, a few people. The way he sets him up with the prostitute, that kind of, that makes sense, you know, at least. Yeah. Like, I can see that. He was so upset. How would you feel? If I would be upset if yeah. I thought that I had, you know, charmed some woman and and you slept with her and then he's like, yeah, you buy next time. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah, I'd be I'd be upset about it. Did they did he sleep with her, too? That's what he said. Yes. I mean, but he, he said, said like he, a week before Yeah, he said like he broke he broke her in or something like that. She was clean. Like, he, he te- took her test drive, basically. But, I mean, when he's like, you buy next time, I don't get that. I mean, that makes it sound like buying for both of them. I don't know. I think he's just like, next time we have a party, you, you pay for the prostitute. Ugh. <laughs> because apparently, he just has a prostitute at every party he goes Yeah, to. that makes sense. Sure, why not? Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I enjoyed it. I liked this performance. Um, I don't know if, I don't know what else Ben Stiller's directed. I think he directed that Reality Bites movie that we watched. Oh, really? I think he did. I I really liked that one. I know he was in it. I can't remember if he directed it or not, but I think he's directed a couple other movies. I don't think this is his first movie that he's directed, but I was impressed with some of the, I don't know if they're called, I, I can't. I don't think they're called composite shots. 
because that's something else I think where you we composite two different things together, two things that you should separately. But there were a few a few times where, uh, and I don't I apologize, but I don't I don't remember what this is called, but where like Jim Carrey's in the foreground and he's uh, he's in focus, mm-hmm. and then in the background is Matthew Broderick and he is also in focus, like the foreground and the background are in focus at the same time and it gives a it gives a a like a hyper realistic and kind of like unsettling quality of things it makes it it makes it feel almost like sinister or or claustrophobic in certain ways cuz like Jim Carrey's right there in front of the camera and they're both in they're both in focus at the same time it's weird it makes them feel isolated together in the frame because every, okay. everything else is out of focus. Huh. And I was like, that's good visual storytelling because it's like they're bonded to each other. It's just them. The rest of the world's like blocked out. That's how Jim Carrey wants it. Right? right. And I was like, that's good. That's good visual storytelling. I liked that. So he did He did a few things like that that I thought were very, it made it, made it visually interesting. A movie, a movie that's, Hard to really kind of, because there's not there's not a lot happens that it's like oh this is uh it's not like a big action movie or something like that like the rock we we watched last week right. or, or anything like that and like I like I talked about last week with Michael Bay and moving the camera all around and everything Ben Stiller does a few subtle things here that may, are way more interesting than the stuff Michael Bay's doing in in his movie even though there's way more action in that movie. That's true. So, so the restaurant they went to in this movie, Medieval Times. You said you've been there. Yeah, I thought for sure it was like a made-up place because it seems ridiculous. Is it ridiculous? Yes, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Welcome to Medieval Times. Do they really not have silverware? I think they have silverware. Andy Dick was was in there uh, from News Radio. I don't know if you. Oh you, yeah familiar with him and news radio we watched an episode of that that's once. the extent of my familiarity with news radio i like him <laughs> he's a, he's a gifted physical comedian who wasn't doing much physical comedy at this <laughs> but he was really good uh and i, I like andy dick so that's nice and i think andy dick's uh, like friends with um with ben stiller janine garofalo shows up for a minute as the the serving wench at medieval times yeah also a buddy of Ben Stiller's, so. She looked like she lost weight since The Truth About Cats and Dogs. I don't know. Maybe she gained a little weight for The Truth About Cats and Dogs. Maybe. So she could be a little more homely, I guess, or whatever, or considered a little more homely. Yeah. I've always thought she was cute, so. Yeah. She is. Anyway, but that's uh, that's all I got to say. You got anything else you want to say about this movie? No, I'm good. I'd, I would recommend it. Uh, it's the first Jim Carrey movie I'd recommend you go see, but I, I would recommend it. I mean, it was fine. I would I would rent it, but if you really want popcorn, it's kind of worth it going to the theater. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, that is our episode for the week. Carol, tell the people where to get popcorn. Uh, you can write us at latefee1994.com. However, I will not send you popcorn. Oh, we'll, um, we'll mail it to you. <laughs> <laughs> and you can provide visit our, your P.O. boxes. Right. Um, you can visit our website at retrolatefee.com and uh, tell your friends. All right. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.